Extra, extra. SFG's back. Back on the air. 4.44 p.m. HST. This is Normancito, listeners. Maybe not the FMA broadcaster you're expecting. You're probably thinking, Normancito is the last one to broadcast. I know how SFG works. I get it. I'm a listener. We go back and forth, back and forth. E.T. Normancito. E.T. Normancito. Da, 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 da. It's got a rhythm to it. Well, today we are mixing it up. I was the last to broadcast on Spotify FMA, and here I am broadcasting again after what is the longest hiatus in SFG history. We're not thrilled about it. I can't imagine you are either, listeners, but it is what it is, as Bill Gates likes to say. A lot to get into, uh, but at the same time, not that much. I, myself, have been doing very little else than working. As you know, I am a broadcasting server over at The Parrot in Hull. Check us out. Hit up that Instagram. I don't even know if it exists. Um, I'll get into my work in a bit, but let me continue to explain what has been a strange sort of vacation for the SFG family um, and why I am the one to be broadcasting today. You might be thinking, oh my fucking God, what happened to E.T.? And rest assured, listener, E.T. is alive and well. He's doing as well as ever. We both are. We both are. And you know, we've talked about life before. It comes in ebbs and flows, a.k.a. ups and downs. I don't know if the ebbs the up or the ebbs the down, the flows the up, the flows the down. I think it's an old sailor's term that I don't fully understand. But life has ups and downs. Of course, we've been experiencing that these last 30 days without a broadcast probably more downs than ever and that's only because broadcasters angst a broadcaster has to broadcast and if you don't hear from a broadcaster all things being equal there's still a little part of that broadcaster missing and that is you guessed it broadcasting it's an important part of our lives i don't know if you guys would understand that but you probably would because it's probably the same thing with listening for you And you might broadcast with your friends, with your family. And if you don't now, I encourage you to start. Because believe it or not, we were not always broadcasters. E.T. was born in 1988. He didn't pop out of the womb a broadcaster. He was a broadcaster in potential. A potential broadcaster. I think there's a Latin phrase, broadcaster in potentium. Same with me, 1992. Broadcaster in potentium. We were born on the complete different sides of the world different cultures you know if you put us together in a room in 19 let's say 99 we probably wouldn't even be able to communicate with each other and there would have been you know et's british old-fashioned way of playing with blocks might have upset it might have upset me um he was probably just building Towers, towers, towers. What is this? Why are you just building clock towers? Can't we build something, you know, a little more modern? It's just castles and towers. I want to build the Empire State Building with these blocks. Okay, so there would have been lots of things that that would have gotten in the way of us blossoming, blossoming that that broadcasting relationship that today we have. And go back through the tapes. You know the story well now. We met in Colombia. We met in Colombia when we were both mature, when we had both seen the world, left our home country, met each other on neutral ground, and were able to blossom a relationship that ended up defining our broadcasting careers as well. It got us into broadcasting. So if you're out there, you're a listener, you're not a broadcaster, don't say I'm not a broadcaster. Say I'm not a broadcaster yet. You just haven't met that that broadcasting partner because of course you can't you can't record in thin air you need to have that that camaraderie you need to have that chemistry that et and i have and that's been developed over years so of course before we were ever on spotify fma we were on whatsapp fma and we had a similar dynamic over there believe it or not i'd broadcast and et would broadcast and i'd broadcast and et would broadcast 
And once again, it seems like it defies the logic that I'm broadcasting today and ET's not. I'm gonna let you in on a little secret, listener. ET broadcasted, okay? He broadcasted weeks ago, but he went back to WhatsApp FM8 where he felt a little more comfortable. He was doing a little throwback to WhatsApp FM8 and it was very much appreciated by yours truly. I had to hear what was up with ET and today I need to tell ET what is up with me. First the, then me, as they say in England. So do I have that much to get into? In terms of events, going-ons, not really. I mean, things have happened. I've been, I took a trip, you know. I've, I've been working, but then I also went down to Fire Island, um, where E.T. and I once hung out together. You know, we were once on the island. We ferried to the island together. Uh, what was that? Anywhere from two to five years ago. I don't know. Um, but... I went back to the islands searching for E.T. and Grandpa and finding neither. Spoiler alert, I found neither. I found Buddy Mike, who is one of my favorite, dearest friends. Um, he's up there in the A-list with E.T. And the A-list isn't that big, and it doesn't have to be. The A-list is, it doesn't matter how big it is, it's just important to have it, you know? And, and I've got that very special connection with with maybe five or six people, and that's more than enough. Because it's not, I mean, I don't take it for granted. Lots of people don't have such good friendships, and I fortunately do. So I went down to see Long Island Mike. We met also on neutral territory, Fire Islands, known for being a safe haven and party central for the homosexual community of New York, which is great. Not why we went there, but it's been a place that I've gone several times because Long Island Mike and his friends from Long Island would like to take the ferry there, you know, a couple times a year and sometimes rent a house. And this time they did rent a house. I chipped in. You're probably thinking, oh, a little Fire Island house, a little house on an island. How, you know, there were 10 of you. Maybe tipped, chipped in 100 bucks for a couple days. Nope, I chipped in $400. That's not, you can't even say chip anymore. That's a chop. I chopped in. I chopped a huge piece of that off. Yum, yum, yum. And ate that. $400. So a little upset, a little anxious about spending so much money, um, even just for the place. And then there are obviously other costs. I'm getting down there and yada, yada, yada. But it was worth it. You know, this is my time to, I mean, my time in the U.S. is is not, I'm not here. I'm not here 12 months a year. I'm not here 11 and a half months per year. I don't just hang out in you know the New England, Boston area and take one little two week vacation a year. I have done that, and I'm not talking shit about it. But I'm not doing it now. I am in this area of the world for three months. Okay, and in those three months, it's important for me to see the people that I care about. So I really wanted, and I, I still have a little bit of, I, I didn't reach my, my quota yet because I've talked about this probably on this very podcast that at times I have felt that my relationship with Long Island Mike, one of my dearest friends, has been waning a bit or waxing. I'm not sure. I guess it, I guess I'd, I'd use the word depending on the moon cycle, and I'm not sure what we're at right now. Are we waning or waxing? Let us know, listeners. Um, but I felt that you know we've not only lost contact, but when we have, or we've not lost contact, we've not only decreased contact, but when we do catch up with each other, we don't really have that same chemistry that we used to have, and that's kind of been weighing heavily on my mind because Long Island Mike is. As I said, he's one of my dearest friends. We went to Europe together for two months after we graduated college and had the time of our lives. And that sparked my passion for travel and my passion for meeting people from other parts of the world and, you know, listening to their stories, which would eventually lead to me meeting E.T. If I, that passion hadn't been sparked and I, you know, was 
oh, I'm getting an incoming suspected spam call. I'm going to decline that listener. Don't worry. If I hadn't had that passion sparked by Long Island Mike, I never would have even given E.T. a chance. I would have thought, oh, my God, this old-fashioned fuck. Why does he still talk like that? I would have, you know, it would have been hard for me to understand um, E.T.'s, not only his dialect, but his identity. Um, You know, pretty much all my friends before my trip to Europe were very similar to myself. And that was largely due to me growing up in a place where everyone's pretty similar, you know, a homogenous society. And my trip to Europe showed me that lots of different societies exist. Some are homogenous, some are heterogeneous, and I prefer the latter. I want to mix it the fuck up. Let's go. So, oh man, is that the neighbor? That's the whole hack. That's the whole laugh right there. Oh, we've got some rough neighbors, um, including a guy who has no legs. He's got no feet, and we haven't seen him in. He's he's definitely an addict. He's got his whole face tattooed, and unfortunately, Hull has a huge addiction problem. I think a lot of this country is is in an incredible addiction crisis. And this guy, we haven't seen him for like three weeks or longer, so worried about him. But hey, we're we're keeping optimistic maybe he's just gonna come back with new prosthetics or something maybe they're fitting him for prosthetics he's getting a big surgery i don't know uh, but hopefully he's okay so where was i long island mike um a dear friend whose friendship i have felt has been kind of not as strong as it's always been um so that's a main reason why i did say, hey, $400 is worth, or I should scratch that. Mike's friendship is worth way more than $400. So I'm going to go down there. And Mike's a very busy guy. He's got a, a job where he works about 60, 70 hours a week. Um, he's always very stressed and he doesn't have a lot of time off. And so this was his, I, I told him, hey, listen, buddy, Mike, I want to come hang out. My preference is just to come any fucking random day where you could take off and we just hang out just one-on-one because that's what we're really that's what we've been really lacking and buddy mike said you know our best chance of doing that is probably this beach weekend it's going to be a very tight crew not a lot of people we're not going to be going crazy or anything and we'll have lots of quality hangout time so i went down to long island with greg greg drove um i think i drove half the way we just barely made the ferry both on the way there and the way back. Had to run both times. Um, but we did it and got down to the beach house, which was, I wouldn't say it was worth $4,000 for two nights, but that's what was paid. Um, but still very nice, still very nice. And I did get to have some good time with Mike, but still not as good as I would have liked until the last night, Sunday night. Or uh, was it, yeah, Sunday night, where we... We're the last ones up. We just sat on the balcony until three in the morning and just hung out one-on-one with some music. And it was good, it was good, it, but it, it wasn't enough. It still wasn't enough. I still feel like we need to do that once more before I go. Maybe we'll have some time at Anthony's wedding, which is next weekend, but I digress. Um, Long Island was a good time. Once again, I had some sort of ping of uh, conflictive, what's it called? Internal conflict? No, there's, um, yeah, I could use internal conflict. Let's roll with that. I had a little bit of an internal conflict at and on Fire Islands. Um, and it goes back to homogeneity and heterogeneity. So write those words down, listener. Those are our vocab words, okay? English learners, heterogeneity and homogeneity. Um, We know that I'm different than my friends, okay? We know that my friends are very accepting of me. That's not the problem. Um, You know, at this Fire Island house, I actually met some people that I didn't know. They were also very accepting of me and my style of life. They were very curious. 
you know, and, and they asked a lot of questions. Who are those new people? Well, Mike had one of his good friends from home there who I'd met once maybe, um, but his fiance, who I had never met, and another one of Mike's friends who I know very well, he has a new girlfriend. And she was asking quite a few questions as well about me. And, you know, they, they, try to, they try to get free content, basically, listeners. They are basically saying, we want to know everything about your life. And, I, and we wish there was a way to do it. Of course, I couldn't just say, SF fucking G, tune in. You know, I share everything about my life on a somewhat daily basis, a very frequent basis. And some privileged listeners get to tune in. And of course, the privilege goes both ways. As you know, I need to broadcast. You know, that's what I was saying earlier. It's, it's even if everything is going great, if you're not broadcasting, there's a little part of you missing. And I know ET feels the same way. So I was getting just... Because, of course, my the friends that know me well, um, you know, like Long Island Mike, he has some questions for me. Hey, how did you do it? But mostly when I'm hanging out with Long Island Mike, we're just hanging out. You know, he's not asking hey, stories from here, stories from there, whatever. We're just hanging out. Um, however, some of his friends and Long Island Mike's girlfriends, um, they kind of know a little bit about my life but not much so they are uh once once they hear a little bit more about you know the amazon oh you're in the amazon what was that why'd you go down there i begin to divulge and of course let's take that example there's a lot to divulge about the amazon okay i've got lots to divulge about the amazon even if it's just in a little a little bite-sized piece like oh well i actually helped start a company down there what do you mean? You know, so they wanted lots of free listening material. I held back, but it was, um, as I was saying, you know, all these people think it's, they think it's cool. They think it's funny. They think it's strange, but they accept it. All my friends accept me, but I am quite obviously different than the bunch. And when I was down there, I had this sort of conflicted feeling a couple times because you walk around this island and even parts of, you know, Long Island when you're, when, before you get into Fire Island and you see, um, well, let's just talk about Fire Island. Fire Island is just a little vacation place that is basically a restricted zone for which rich white people or which right people um which right people no that sounds like which right people rich white people that sounds like a white supremacist organization slogan which right people right rich white people which right people rich white people yeah no we're not gonna do that this was a little vacation island for you to have your couple million dollar house that you get to on your $100,000 boat and you're, everything's more expensive and everyone's just partying and celebrating their crazy amounts of wealth. And it just doesn't vibe with me. I just don't, it just pisses me off. Um, you know, and I, I enjoy hanging out with friends. I enjoy hanging out with you know, people that participate more actively in this culture. I'm not saying they're bad people, but I'm just saying that there's something a little bit wrong with it, you know, or it strikes me that way after, you know, it happened to me today on my way to get a haircut, believe it or not. I went to go get a haircut. I wish I could show you guys how good it looks, but I can't. And they said, come back in 45 minutes. And I'm the town next door. And I mean, Cohasset. I said, I don't want to go back and forth and back and forth. I'm just going to take a drive. And I know what Cohasset's like. Cohasset is Hull in the term, in, in the way that it's also on the coast. But Hull is like, you know, for the common man on the coast. And Cohasset is for the Fortune 500 CEOs on the coast. I mean, the average property in Cohasset's probably in the millions of dollars. It's hard to deny that it's a very beautiful place 
but it it was strange. It was strange. I was conflicted just driving around these little neighborhoods that have amazing views and beautiful landscaping and just idyllic, you know, in this sort of sense of American wealth where, you know, the white picket fences, but on crack, okay? And little kids walking and playing and, you know, like, feeling safe in the streets, these seven-year-old kids on their bikes and hanging out and everything being private drive and private this and private that. It's just kind of fucked up. Um, And I know that not everyone thinks that, and I respect that. Um, But there's just... There are just so many people that don't have, that don't have anything, that don't have the basics, that don't have food security, that don't have health care, that don't have just things that they need to live a life where they have a chance. And then you have these little suburbs where everyone has, you know, their $5 million house. It's got lots of space that they don't even really need, you know, and they're three boats and this and that and their luxury cars and 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 why you know why do why do they deserve it so i i just i you know these are these are still formative years i'm still in you know your late 20s and your early 30s formative we're the we're people in formation here on sfg and we're always open to new things and new ideas and and new experiences and we're open to changing our mindsets but this is just something, it just strikes me as, as over the top, seeing this stuff. I saw it on Fire Island, I saw it today, just trying to get a haircut. And you just think of people that have literally, you know, people that I've, I've loved, people that I've hung out with, people that I've danced with, people that I've sang with, people that I've eaten cakes with. I don't even usually use, eat cake, I prefer ice cream, but these people, don't have enough money to go to work or go to school, you know? I remember that that's a big thing. That's a big thing in, in Santa Marta. You might not have money. You might not be able to go to school because you don't have money for the 50-cent bus that'll take you there. So it's just, it's just strange. And I'm only getting more conflicted. I get, well, I, I'm, staying, I'm staying as conflicted as ever or as, as recently. Um, but you know, these things, these opportunities that I'm looking at in the future, now that I, I want to try to put the rubber, rubber on the pavement and maybe help down in, in Reynosa, uh, with this organization, we'll get more into that. Um, Reyno, Reynosa, of course, popular in the news networks as being the most dangerous place in Mexico or any other organization. I'm, I'm looking to start acting, learning how I can help and we know this, and, and that's not just because I want to help people, but it's also for me because, you know, I keep just thinking about it and talking about it and believing it, but I don't feel like I've, and I, and I have, of course, I've quote-unquote made a difference, whatever that means, uh, but, you know, stuff I've done in the Amazon has been helpful and a couple things in Colombia maybe has been helpful, but, you know, I, I want to feel a little bit more fulfillment in that area of my life, and that's, you know, I remember Barack Obama encouraged everyone to get into community organizing not just for the community but for themselves you know in a very selfish way it you'll feel more fulfilled if you're that sort of person not everyone but if you're that sort of person which i think i am i'm obama-esque i've been called it before um you know it'll be helpful for you as well so that's what i'm looking for um looking to to try to get some traction with that and i can only imagine that if i'm in a refugee camp in, you know, either in Reynosa or in Syria. I can't imagine coming back here for a summer and and taking a stroll to Fire Island or Cohasset again. You know, and it's the same feeling. It's this reverse culture shock where I went to, I went to the Hamptons after getting back from Columbia the first time around. You know, I was in the, the Amazon maybe a month before and then the Hamptons the next month. And from wooden shacks, living and working with people that I care about, to 
$4 million mansions, vacation mansions with people that I also care about. So caught between two worlds. Very interesting. So I was just, of course, going into that because in Fire Island, I felt a little bit of that, you know, I saw maybe three people that had, uh, you know, that were brown or black on Fire Island in, in four days. Um, and I think they were working. So it's, it's just, it's just strange and makes me uncomfortable and, um, would be never, wouldn't, would, would never be something that I would choose for myself. Uh, but of course there are people that I care about and they for, um, you know, I'm not blaming them, but they have lives where that is their ideal vacation or that's their ideal getaway with friends. And I still want to be a part of that. So I, I do like kind of having access to both worlds. I just wish that everyone could have access to both worlds. I wish that my friends could go down to the Amazon and hang out and see what they think about a weekend in the Amazon. And I wish that my Amazonians could go to fucking Fire Island, you know, and teach them, oh, you guys, what, you're hungry and you're going to go to the store? No, I'll catch you the best fucking fish out there and we'll have a barbecue over an open flame. Get me a fucking plantain leaf and we're going to do, you know, I'll show you guys a little something too. I want to, I want to do that exchange, you know? And I, I just wish that these places were a little more accessible because you go around and they're strikingly beautiful. And the only way you can see how beautiful and safe and, you know, for people that start their lives in a place like Cohasset and have a family in Cohasset, you know, it sets their kids up with the world of opportunities. I wish everyone could kind of have access to that. So let's, you know, what do you think, listeners? What do you think? Um, so that was my time in Fire Island. It was fun. We drank a lot. Got shit-faced. <laughs> we also did that. Uh, but, but, yeah, there was that little internal conflict at times. Um, what else has happened? Work, lots of work, lots of work. It's been, uh, at times fun and profitable and at times miserable and, uh, you know, has given me literally zero dollars. You know, there was, there was an eight hour shift where I made $10 or something. So that's been ups and downs too, ebbs and fucking flows. And that's probably going to be the name of my autobiography, Ebbs and Fucking Flows. Um, copyright E.T. and Normancito. So back off competition. That was, that's, that was probably about to be some our competitor who's listening in right now, you, you little weasel. He was probably about to start a podcast with that name, Ebbs and Fucking Flows. Um, but yeah, so I've at times felt, you know, and I always feel grateful. I always feel grateful. And I, I am making a decent amount of money sometimes. I am living in a beautiful place for free. And I, I never lose track of that. There have been some days where I felt a little bit down. Probably because I haven't broadcasted. Probably because working like 50, 60 hours a week. And the job is not usually that fun. Uh, there are some stories that come out of it. I don't know if any of those stories will translate into a good story on this oh, little fucking bug just bit me. I don't know if any of those stories will translate into a good story on Spotify family, but me and my coworkers enjoy talking about, you know, talking shit about other people about we have a good time. We have a good time. I mean, I wrote a little ditty for the band that we are going to uh, to start at the restaurant probably going to be called the mezzanine, which is one of the names of our dining areas. Um, actually the, the, the area of the restaurant where we've had a couple medical emergencies in the last month, you know, back to back days, we had someone need to leave in an ambulance, but coincidence, uh, right. That was probably a coincidence. Um, so we, we were thinking about actually changing the name cause it seems kind of cursed. We also have uh, well, I, I don't need to bore you with the details, but I, I do have the first verse of, of a song. Um, you know, actually, let's put it in right here. This is the first verse of the first song by The Mezzanine, written and performed by yours truly. 
Here it is. Hanging out at the beach bar, everything good so far. See a runner walk towards me, she says no calamari. I say wait, what do you mean? I had put in like three, table 10, 12, 14. She says no can do, shit fuck what do I do? Hey sir, do you want some goons? No reason to get mad, fuck I'm getting flat tat. Let me run to the kitchen, a freeze has gone missing. God damn, why won't they listen? Wait, the ticket's missing. Hope you enjoyed that. Little 40 second tune of what will hopefully be a huge hit for all restaurateurs, servers. You know, that, that's kind of the sensation that a server has. A server's anxiety. Just random shit's going on. And of course, some inside jokes in there too. Um, but as I've been, you know, as you can tell, there have been some fun times at the Parrot. There have been some not so fun times at the Parrot. Overall, I am ready to leave the parrot. Um, and that's where I want to figure out what's going on beyond, beyond the parrot. Um, they don't know that I'm leaving, I don't think. I did kind of give a heads up to my manager when he said, do you go back to school in the fall? I said, I'm almost 30 years old. Um, I don't go to school, but I could have given him a whole, well, school is a relative term. You know, I like to educate myself in the experiential. He's like, he's like just yes or no, you fucking idiot. Um, I told him after Labor Day, which is the first, you know, I think September 7th. <coughs> oh, that's that little hack. Um, I'm probably going to, oh, I didn't, I didn't tell the listeners. I've been sick for a while. I'm now pretty much 100%, but I was sick for like a week and a half. Everyone at the parrot sick as a dog. My mom's boyfriend, sick as a dog. Everyone. Um, I got a COVID test. It was negative. So did my mom's boyfriend, negative. It's just, we're, everyone's just sick with something else. Not COVID. Can you believe it? Um, so I'm better now. But as I was saying, I told my boss, yeah, after, after Labor Day, I'm probably out for a while. Maybe pick up some shifts in the winter here or there um, if I'm around, but I probably won't be around. And even that saying I'd pick up some shifts later on, that was kind of pushing it. Um, ooh, message coming in from Paco. Paco from, from Puebla. Uh, I just texted him before broadcasting, wishing his sister. I mean, everyone's. It's, if you text Paco, you should might as well say happy birthday to whichever one of your family members is, is having a birthday today. Because everyone, it's everyone's birthday all the time. There are like 13 of them. So you have, a, you have a birthday, you know, every other week. And it's Angie's birthday today, turning 16. So I, birthdays are huge. Don't miss out on celebrating a birthday. I, I missed, um, uh, whose fucking birthday was it? It was Barbie's birthday. And I knew, Paco told me, he said, by the way, Hermancito, it's Barbie's birthday on Thursday. And then when I didn't text on Thursday, he said, you missed Barbie's birthday. So today, I made sure to send over a congratulatory text. I also said, hopefully see you soon, because ET and I have been talking. Mexico City is probably going to be a thing. And if Mexico City is a thing in December, why isn't a road trip to fucking Chiapas a thing to celebrate Paco's birthday with his family in Chiapas? And that's something that I've been invited to. You know, I was invited to that months ago, I think drinking pulque with Paco. Pulque with Paco. That would be a good name for He should start a business. Pulque with Paco. Or Paco's Pulque. Paco's Pulque. Um, he said that he wanted to do that and that he would love for me to go. And I'm sure he'd love for E.T. to go. And then we just pop over to Guatemala. And then we just, we're road tripping through everywhere. Oh, man, it would be so good. So this actually is a good, is a fine, fine segue. You know, it's not great, but it's fine into talking about my plans beyond the parrot. Because, of course, those plans involve, in an in a in-person sort of way, E.T. I mean, all my plans always involve E.T. Uh, that's, that's been true for the last few years. But this time, it's, we're talking about in-person plans, which is somewhat new. 
somewhat new. Of course, we were going to have the Popcorn Palace, the Puerto Popcorn Palace, um, back in, what were we looking at, February, I believe. That was almost six months ago. That was six months ago. Um, and that didn't come to fruition. And uh, now we want to have a plan come to fruition. And I think we're ready to do that. So I've got a couple things that I'm considering for post-parrot. Number one, a trip to England. You know, uh, ET and I briefly had a couple PSAs. I mean, our, con our communication has been sparse, listeners. And I think that that has definitely um, attributed to my own sort of uh, limbo state of what am I doing? What am I doing with my life? You know, I, I, I'm working too much. You know, I've, I've, sometimes I've had these days where it's just so much work, you know, six days a week and 12-hour shifts and sick of that. And then I come home and I'm not really doing much. I just go to the gym, which I love. But, you know, I haven't really had much communication with ET. And it's just, you know, it's just these sorts of things have been like, okay, well, you know, I think I'm ready for, I'm ready to move on past this chapter, past the parrot chapter. And I'm ready to move back into constant communication, broadcasting, searching for grandpa here and abroad with my partner by my side. So here, here are potential options that we've discussed very briefly. And in one of those brief communications, ET told me that October 1st, he's looking for Mexico City October 1st. So needless to say, if ET's gonna be in, uh, in Mexico City, so will I, you know? Um, can I get there October 1st? Probably not, because I think October 14th or 17th is my wedding in Chicago. Maybe I'll do two weeks, maybe I'll just, I could, why not? Just go down there October 1st and then um, bounce to, no, well, I don't wanna get ahead of myself. There are a few things that I wanna do. As I said, I want to put the fucking rubber on the pavement with my idea of volunteering. Basically, I wanna volunteer. I wanna get some experience under my belt in the immigration world as a volunteer. I have an opportunity to do that in Reynosa with uh, a very seemingly well-respected eh, organization. Eh. <laughs> I was going to say something else, but I changed the organization, so that eh, was kind of just thrown in the middle. Um, but I have the chance to do it in Reynosa if it's somewhat safe, which it might not be. Um, but I might do it anyway. I'm not sure. Uh, regardless, that's ground zero of the immigration world, the border. I mean, of course, the whole Central America to US-Mexico border is the corridor of, it's a, a very important immigration hub. And I mean, lots of people in movement throughout that, that whole area that need help. But nothing is as concentrated as the border, I, I think. And nothing is as dangerous as the actual border. Um, and you've got these people in camps waiting, you know, they need legal aid, they need health care, they need education, they could be waiting there for weeks or months, they are at the mercy of um, Los Zetas and other organized crime syndicates that are constantly kidnapping and killing immigrants and, and people just anyone to assert their authority in the region because that's a huge, of course, that the border them is everything. And they make a shit ton of money that way too. I mean, this is, it's, they do the, the quick kidnapping of migrants and they either just kill them or they, they ransom them to relatives that they might have in the US. Um, and that's, that's where I wanna go. That's where I wanna go. So. I have the opportunity to do that. I think that is probably, I, I checked in with the lady yesterday to make sure that offer's still on the table. I said, I'm still looking forward to getting down there when I can. She said, lots, lots is going on, lots is going on. And we, I hope you can come help soon. Because, um, you know, the Texas governor just signed in uh, an, ex an executive order or something about how they need to, because of COVID and the health emergency. I mean, his name is Rick Abbey, he's a huge piece of shit. Um, but because of COVID, they need to, 
I forget what it is exactly. Um, they need to stop everyone that could be a migrant and check their papers. So basically any Latinos and they're shutting down any sort of, I'm, I, I need to look into it more, but basically there's more help needed than ever. Um, and I could do that. The other option, the other thing that I want to do, of course, is to go to England. That would be, you know, up until October 1st, because that's when ET is going to be around. I think the last week in September is the Lake District week. If I'm in England, I could also, you know, go to, um, to Scotland, where Saran Rap and Allen are willing to host. So, you know, because the initial plan was, okay, well, maybe I get to England, you know, the 10th or something, and I want to do a month. So September 10th, October 10th. But... ET's bouncing to Mexico City, which is very exciting, October 1st. So I could take advantage of being in England and go to Scotland, hang out in Scotland for a few days, um, take advantage of having some friends up there. Or I could just go to a hostel in Madrid for 10 days um, or somewhere else. So that's, that's Plan Europe. Plan Europe would take me right up to Eli's wedding in Chicago. I go to Eli's Wedding Chicago. The week after that, I have uh, Marv's surprise birthday party, the end of October. Then November, I could join the Mexico City boys, head down there, and look for an organization to help out with from Mexico City. Of course, at this point, if E.T. and Matt I.M.A. or F.A.M.A., I'm not sure where he is, please update E.T. I don't know if he got downgraded again. Depending on, I mean, if they're in Mexico City for November, do I have a choice? I mean, come on. I'm, of course, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be there for November, too. Um, maybe actually for that day, I'll be there November, too. Um, and I could look into, I mean, at that point, I could just go around in Mexico City to whatever NGO or organization that works with immigrants that I look up and just walk in and say, hey, uh, I'm looking to volunteer. And maybe that would work. Maybe I do that for a couple months or maybe more. And then the other thing, uh, so that's, that I, I think is probably a given, you know, Mexico in November. I'd also be down to go to Guatemala at some point. I'd like to check out Guatemala. Also, lots of places to volunteer down there. Another big immigration hub, of course. Um, and maybe that's after Chapas. Maybe after Chapas, I, E.T. and I, or just myself, I do a border crossing Mexico to Guatemala, and I check out Guatemala for a month or so. And maybe I, you know, I could volunteer at any time. Maybe I just hang out a little bit. Maybe I do a mixture. I ideally would like to do a little bit of both. I'd like to, you know, that's the thing about Reynosa. That's a place where... You're all or nothing. You know, you're not working 20 hours or you're not working 40 hours in the Reynosa border encampment. And then, oh, I'm off. I'm off on Saturday. So I'm going to just hit the, uh, just hit the touristic sites around here, hang out. It's, you know, no, you're all in and you're as deep as you can go. Um, probably a great experience, probably a great learning opportunity, especially now that I have this connection with, you know, the, the owner of this organization who seems willing, um, although it took some convincing, because she said, are you sure? Do you have a family? This is really dangerous. Um, and also, we're not really that, oh, wait, got to go, got to go. Are you on pins and needles when you broadcast? Do you feel like someone's listening to you? when you don't want them to be. With Broadcaster Falingadis, you can say goodbye to your broadcaster's anxiety once and for all. Broadcaster Falingalis. Side effects may include coughing, wheezing, diarrhea, chronic conditions such as asthma, tuberculosis, heart defects, amputation of limbs, and depression.
Thanks for staying tuned, listeners. Of course, an unexpected interruption there. And then a quick cut to words from our sponsors. Let's get back into it. I believe I was talking about the opportunity to go to Reynosa and potentially get kidnapped. Um, and how I do want to get the rubber to the pavement, as I've been saying lots on this broadcast. It might even be the title, but you'll know that by now. Um, so I wouldn't be able to do Plan Europe and Plan Kidnapping. I wouldn't be able to do both. You know, I'm thinking about maybe doing a month. Well, well I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I really don't know. This is what I've been thinking about. Do I quit work and I go down to Reynosa for a month? Then I come back for the wedding and then I go to Mexico City? Or do I go to Europe after I quit work, go to the wedding, and then go to Reynosa in, October, in November instead of Mexico City? Hmm. I imagine that once I go to Reynosa, I will have the opportunity to go back. Um, or maybe I'll have contacts for people in Mexico City to help out with. Maybe I'll have a sort of mentor in this ONG field. NGO. Damn it. In English, it's NGO. In Spanish, it's ONG. Organizaciones no gubernamentales. In English, non-governmental organizations. Um... I just don't know. I don't know. Because Europe would be great. I mean, it would be so nice to go around in England and to have some time to chill. But maybe we could just do that another time, right? E.T., what do you think about when could we go to England if it's not now? If not now, if not now, when? That was an old song at the, uh, the temple that I used to go to once a year as a, as a half Jew, half Christian. Na, 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 na. Nee, nee, if I am not for myself, who will be for me? I don't think that's. I don't think those are the words. I remember the tune very well, um, sung by Todd Gross, who one high holiday season he was very sleepy, and maybe high, and he was just sitting there on the on the stage during the important ceremony of the year falling asleep and giggling and then sing his song and then he had it i hope you have the feet of a dancer i hope you can sing in the rain i hope you find all the easy answers to your pain <laughs> you can tell i went to a very hippie sort of uh sort of congregation there i didn't learn anything about judaism I just kind of listened to those songs. Like, oh, yeah, fuck yeah, I like this song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that was it. Oh, I was so, I was had, I would always have like a Game Boy or something. It was so fucking boring. Um, where was I? Quick flashback to young Jewish Normancito. Um, oh, God. So, yeah. So, ideally, we could do all three. Ideally, Plan Europe just gets pushed to another time. Or, Reynosa gets pushed to another time. No, I don't know. I don't know which I don't know which I'd push, you know? Or maybe I just fucking accelerate the course of action and I quit in two weeks instead of in four weeks and I go to Reynosa for two weeks and then I go to England and then I go to Mexico City. Cause let me check let me check the numbers. Of course I've been taking meticulous records of what I've been making and I've almost reached my goal. I think I'm $2,000 away from reaching my goal for the summer. And I could stay longer and exceed my goal, or I could bounce and make things happen in Reynosa in England instead. Um, of course, remember I have financial insecurity. I'm a financially insecure human um, because of Sleepy Joe's money. I'm not sure whether I'm going to have Sleepy Joe's money or be forced to um, not have Sleepy Joe's money. That has not come to... We're talking taxes, okay? Just, we're talking taxes. And 
I don't know what's going to happen with that situation. But every day that goes by without news, no news is good news. So I have had no news yet. And I'm hoping that that continues. So do I risk it and say, no news is good news, fingers crossed? Or do I wait? Should I risk it or should I wait? Very musical episode today, but how can I say? I'm multi-talented. Um, so yeah, so that's basically what I've been thinking about. I've been thinking about plans. I've been trying to figure out what I want to do. I've been thinking about E.T., um, you know, I, I think that we're guaranteed, uh, if, if ET goes to Mexico, to Mexico, I will go. Um, and it's just whether I go to Europe too, or whether I go to Reynosa or whether I quit and I do both. So that's what's been going on. To be honest, I feel a lot better now than when I started broadcasting. I might just stop the broadcast right now before I get interrupted again rudely by either my mom or her sentimental partner. Um, I love broadcasting and I'm happy to be back on the air with you. E.T. and I were going to have a live phone in. In fact, E.T. made the effort and so did I, but separately. E.T. called me. I was asleep. I was taking my off day nap. I called E.T. after my nap and maybe he was asleep. Maybe he was taking a nap. No answer. But we were thinking we were just going to do a full live phone-in, say, screw the broadies. We need to get planning now um, because we've been, as I've said, we've had very limited communication. So we were going to end that today, and I think that we have, but in a different way. This is a full-length broadcast, and I'm looking forward to E.T.'s broadcast. News from England, I know there will be. There has already been some news in a PSA. Um, but I'm looking to hear more, and I think that's all I've got. Um, trying to think, any other work stuff? I got. I've, I've been. Uh, I've been getting drunk and smoking weed at work. <laughs> um, after work, after work, but one of these times I kind of. I smoked weed a little too early because I, I got out. I wanted to get high, after work. I really wanted to have a gummy when I got back home from work, but at that point, it was going to be like 10 o'clock, and gummies take a while, and I didn't want to go to sleep late. So that I, I said, I was talking to one of my colleagues, I said, well, what am I supposed to do? He said, just take a hit of this, and he gave me a little dab pen or whatever it is. I took a hit of that, and I didn't have any tables anymore, um, and I was a little high, finishing up you know, my side work, and then I was home, and I was a little high, so that was good. Yesterday, I had another dab pen from another employee um, after I was done doing side work, and I had a glass of wine and a beer. About three nights ago, four nights ago, I... How did that one start? You know, I just pour myself glasses of wine at work. There's There are two bars. So there's the main bar, and then there's the back bar, which is really only for events. But there's booze back there. So that's basically the staff's bar. <laughs> it's actually pretty fucking wild. Um, I don't think it's allowed under company policy, but it is extensive, the use of the back bar by Parrot staff. You know, you're, on, you're done with your shift. You're going back there, you're pouring yourself a beer, you know, or you're grabbing a can, grabbing a Corona, grabbing whatever you want from the fridge. I've been kind of just working through the bottles of wine back there, you know, the reds. I'll say, anyone want a glass of wine? So, oh, yeah, I'll take one. Pour a couple glasses of wine, and then we'll just sit there. And, you know, we are allowed to have one shift drink. Um, I think it's supposed to be poured by the bartenders. And we've, we've created wiggle room. So now we're allowed as many shift drinks as we want poured by anyone. And a few nights ago, I... I was hanging out with, you know, it, it, it is fun. It is fun because it's like everyone gets along on the staff. Pretty much everyone gets along, even though they're very different styles. You know, there's, there's Susie. And, I mean, an interview with Susie would, would bring us to Spotify gold. You know, we would right, be up there with that bald guy. What's his name? Joe Rogan. You know, they, we would be the number three podcast on Spotify. So I'm going to try to get that. But... We've got Susie, we've got the other kind of, we've got Mani, Mani, hey Mani, and 
I get along with all these people. Marnie's like a 45-year-old uh, Hull woman. She was the one I thought wasn't going to make it through the summer. I don't think she's an addict. I just think she's an alcoholic. So um, she drinks a lot of wine. You know, she'll go through a bottle and a half after work, um, just kind of pours it and just drinks it. Wine, she says, it's wine time. It's wine time. She just cuts herself. Whenever she thinks that she's done, she'll just go, oh, it's wine time. Just heads downstairs and just gets fucked up. <laughs> gets absolutely rocked. And then, um, you know, then there are the younger servers. Let's say the average age is maybe 23. Um, got Mary and Jen, Dan, you know, people I get along with. People I get along with as well, just like the other ones. And everyone gets along. It's actually really nice. Um, we talk shit about a couple servers, but pretty much everyone gets along. And... A few nights ago, it was, I think, just Jen and I closing. And was it? I don't remember. But I started pouring glasses of wine. Jen was the one that I wanted to bang when I first started. And she introduced me to her, her Brazilian boyfriend. Um, so Jen and I have good chemistry. And at times, she's giving me fucking looks, man. I... I think she just really likes me as a friend. I don't want I don't want this to go to my head, but there's that certain look where the gaze kind of just latches on a little bit longer than usual. It happened with DB, but DB looks at everyone that way, so maybe Jen's the same way. Maybe she just gives everyone the gaze. Um, and I am misinterpreting, but... Or maybe she just really considers me... I mean, I am kind of, and I... I mean, I'm the only broadcaster in the bunch. I'll just put it that way. I'm the only broadcaster in the bunch. Um, yes, I'm a little bit older, a little bit more seasoned than the other uh, servers, than the other than the, the young servers. You know, Marnie and Susie are older than me, so is Jess, but we get along with them too. The young servers kind of look to me as as the broadcaster, as their broadcaster, as their leader. So maybe she's just looking to me as a broadcaster. But Jen and I, I keep keeps I keep like kind of hearing Gemini when I say that Gemini, Gemini. I'm like, why? Jen and I, um, we started going through some glasses of wine, um, maybe Thursday or Friday night. All these nights blend in to one. Uh, probably Friday though, and I was I did a couple of glasses of wine before her. Then she did a couple of glasses of wine. Then we we're like, shit, you know, silverware is gonna come out. We don't want to do any more side work. Should we just go to the front bar? Went to the front bar. Our boy Will was the bartender. He's a uh, He's a ringer, too, but he's, he's new. Um, like, you know, I remember his first day. He used to work at Lincoln in South Boston, and he's, he's a G. You know, he's, he's a silent, deadly type, but um, he's, we sit at the bar, and he's just like, what do you guys want? Jen then reveals to me that she's never had a pina colada, not just at the Parrot, but ever. So we split a pina colada. One pina colada, two straws. We do that. We do a couple beers. Will, what do you guys want? What do you guys want? What do you guys want? You know, you just pour in us drinks. Which is, I think most bartenders would do it to us. Maybe there's one that is also a manager, and she probably wouldn't. But we just get unlimited drinks. So then we're like, let's do a couple blood orange margaritas, which usually come in little rocks glasses. Will just gives us pint glasses, which is also what other bartenders do. And we order cocktails. Just a pint of whatever cocktail it is. So we do a couple pints of blood orange margaritas. I didn't really remember walking home. Got rocked. Um, Jen and I had some nice talks, mostly about her boyfriend. And no, that's not true. But it, you know, we get along, and it was it was a fun time. Come back, just walk home. You know, it's so. It's not all bad at work. It's not all bad at work, especially when I'm making money and working with a solid crew. But I am pretty much ready to be done with it in a couple weeks, so that's why um, that's why I'm issuing this broadcast. What should I do? What's the next step, listeners? Reynosa, the, the Kidnapping Express, Plan Europe. Should I quit earlier and try to do both? Should I? Um, what should I do? Mexico City, definitely. Chiapas, Guatemala. The world is an oyster. And at times I do kind of feel a little stressed about it. Like, oh my God, what do I do? What do I do? But at the same time, it's like, why? You know, why should I feel stressed about that? 
they're all kind of good options. So that's it. Back in the Spotify FMA game. We're happy to be here. ET, hoping for a broadcast soon. Maybe as soon as tomorrow. Let's get this party cooking. Um, schedule this weekend. Of course, Monday, one day off. Every other day, double. Except Thursday, I think. Thursday, I don't think I'm a double. That's it. Normancito. Happy to be back with you. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your continued dedication to SFG. We appreciate and love you. Adios.